of the Nipti Practice Tips as always coming to you from high above 107 Columbia Street. And as hard as it is to believe, it is September. And we will soon be starting the new programmatic year in criminal practice. We certainly hope you are all well and that this new year will be a big improvement over the past one. Today, we're going to continue discussing grand jury practice. Now, since Virtually all of the counties have reconvened their grand juries and are presenting cases. We thought it would be a good idea to review some of the potential pitfalls in grand jury practice. So let's start with some questions. Number one, how many times are you permitted to represent a case to the grand jury? The answer is simple, depends. If a grand jury dismisses a case, the court may, under the right circumstances, permit the people to represent the case to a new grand jury one additional time, pursuant to CPL 190.75 subdivision 3. This two-presentation limit does not apply, however, where, for example, the motion to dismiss was a result of evidentiary defect. When dismissed for evidentiary insufficiency, the rules for representation are governed by CPL 21020 sub 4, which imposes no such restriction on the number of representations the court may grant. Okay, our next question. Is the DA permitted to represent an indicted case to the grand jury without leave of the court? This one is a simpler answer. It's yes. The decision in the Court of Appeals decision of People v. Cade held, we consistently have held in the past that a court order was not necessary for resubmission unless there was an initial refusal by a grand jury to indict or a prior court dismissal of the indictment. So with that in mind, the Cade Court went on to say, if the grand jury has voted favorably on the charges, the district attorney is at liberty to resubmit the matter to the same grand jury without the necessity to call witnesses who have previously testified and a rehearing of that evidence or to an entirely new grand jury without court approval and obtain a superseding indictment. Now, the next one, this is one that can create problems for folks and has in the past. Is the district attorney required to secure the court's permission to represent a case to the grand jury when the first grand jury was unable to reach a decision to either indict or dismiss, commonly called a hung grand jury. The answer to this is yes, you must seek the court's leave. In the case of People v. Creedle, a court of appeals decision from 2011, court made it clear exactly what this holding meant. It should be stressed that the relevant question for present purposes is not whether representation should in the end be allowed, but who should decide the issue, whether it should be the prosecutor or the court that judges if representation of a fully submitted but undisposed of count is appropriate. The Wilkins case requires that the court make that judgment to carry out the policy which the law was intended to accomplish. Now, of course, 
and I'm quoting, as we said in Wilkins, if the reasons for the withdrawal are legitimate and the underlying circumstances do not provide clear indication that the first grand jury's decisional authority was being subverted, leave to represent should be granted as a matter of course. So it's not so much that the court is going to deny you, but you must go to the court first. Our next question, does the voluntary representation of a case to the grand jury that results in a dismissal also result in a dismissal of an existing indictment as to every count that you resubmitted in the new presentation? Again, the answer is yes. Now, this situation may come up, for example, where a defendant is indicted for assault and then somewhere along the line, the injuries are more serious and you elevate the level by presenting it to a new grand jury. Now, you may just present, let's say, assault one and keep the assault two count, then move to consolidate, or you may simply present the whole case and vote all of those charges. However, if that new grand jury dismisses the indictment, that old indictment is no longer valid. As the court wrote in People v. Franco, it was the people's action in representing all of the charges already considered by the prior grand jury that caused the impediment it invalidated the action of the first grand jury. The indictment thus became subject to dismissal under CPL 21020 subdivision 1H. So there may be circumstances where it seems obvious that you might as well revote all the counts, you're presenting all the evidence, It'll just make it procedurally easier for you to deal with the case. However, there may be some circumstances that lead you to believe you will only vote those counts that are new and not deal with the ones for which you already have an indictment. Next question. May an indictment that is dismissed because it was superseded properly be reinstated if the superseding indictment was found to be procedurally defective? The answer to that is yes. In a case from the first department, People v. Frederick in 2009, it was held that where the court dismissed the indictment pursuant to CPL 200.80 as superseded by a new indictment, and subsequently the court dismissed the superseding indictment as procedurally defective, it properly reinstated the original indictment. The sole reason for dismissing the original indictment was that it had been superseded by the new indictment. However, the superseding indictment was a nullity that effectively left the original indictment in place. Next question. Are the people required to serve the defendant with the CPL 190.50 notice if they intend to represent a case to the grand jury, one that has been indicted? The answer is no. There are many cases that have this holding. One of them is a case of People v. Lennon from 1996, where leave was denied by the Court of Appeals. The court wrote, defendant's argument that he was deprived of his right to testify in the grand juries without merit. The grand jury presentation in question was a representation following dismissal of the first indictment. Since the defendant had been held for the action of the grand jury, and since he was therefore no longer the subject of an undisposed of felony complaint in a local criminal court, the district attorney was under no affirmative obligation to notify the defendant of a prospective or pending grand jury proceeding. Now, that is the key phrase. When a defendant 
is subject to an undisposed of felony complaint in a local criminal court and the people intend to go to the grand jury, 19050 notice is required. If that doesn't exist, it's not required. Next question. May a Supreme Court information to which the defendant intends to plea contain a charge which did not appear in the original criminal court complaint? The answer is only if that charge is a lesser included offense, where there are many charges which may be joined in an indictment. Those are separate rules which deal with the propriety of joining charges for trial. But for purposes of an SCI, the only crimes to which a defendant may plead guilty are ones which are considered lesser included offenses to those in the original criminal court complaint. In the case of People v. Manchetti, a court of appeals decision back in 1990, the court wrote, this appeal requires us to consider the circumstances under which a criminal defendant may waive indictment consistent with the requirements of Article 1, Section 6 of the state constitution, as well as Article 195 of the criminal procedure law. We conclude that because a defendant is held for the action of the grand jury on both the offenses charged in the felony complaint, as well as its lesser included offenses, a waiver of indictment by plea to a superior court information charging only a lesser included offense comports with constitutional and statutory requirements. And therefore, that defendant's waiver of indictment was effective. Now, sort of the second part of this issue. May a defendant plead guilty to an SCI in an open case that has been indicted, but the needed charge for plea purposes now that the case has been indicted does not appear in the indictment, is not a lesser included, and is not one that is properly joined. Well, is that possible? Yes and no. For all intents and purposes, the answer is really no. If I have an indictment to which the defendant wishes to plead guilty, but says I didn't commit the crimes in that indictment, but I did commit some crime that's not in the indictment, you cannot simply draw up an SCI. There is no longer an undisposed of criminal court complaint. Therefore, in order to have an SCI plea, the defendant must be rearrested. There must be a criminal court complaint. And then on that criminal court complaint, you may subsequently draw up an SCI, perhaps move to have it consolidated with the existing indictment and the defendant can plead guilty. The case that established this very clearly is the case of People v. Boston from 1990 that came out of Bronx County. And in that, the court wrote that a local criminal court has held the defendant for the action of the grand jury pursuant to 195.10.1a. And there is an undisposed of criminal court complaint that must exist in order for there to be a plea to an SCI and therefore for there to be a valid SCI. Once there is a filed indictment, the defendant is no longer in the position or in that position. So he or she cannot take an SCI plea. There are many cases where an attempt has been to save the time and effort in rearresting, creating a new criminal court complaint and so forth but these are jurisdictional defects. So even if you do it over no objection, defense is all on board, doesn't matter because down the road, the defendant can still appeal and the appeal will be successful. Okay, so we hope this little touch with some more 
grand jury issues is helpful. Of course, we ask you to take a look at the written version of this because with the written version, we have links to other video and memos addressing these same and, of course, additional issues in this subject. So our very best to all of you. My thanks, as always, to our crack producer and man about town, Jonathan Marconi Crispino, and to all of you out there, get ready because we're going to be doing trials, and some of you already are. As soon as you know, we are back on the road. So thanks so much, and we will see you soon. Take care. Yeah.